My friend told me that they've made a lot of money on this stock over the past three months. And I go, do you know what they do? No. Okay, why do you want to do it? Because this person has told me. It's very, very speculative and, and even worse than horse racing. Welcome to episode 11 of I See Your Trade, brought to you by IC Markets. IC Markets is a leading high performance trading provider. IC Markets, beyond trading. I'm your host, Dan Petrie. Before we get into today's topic, let's lay out the rules of engagement. This is a bit like a game of professional sport, only instead of players, we're looking at financial assets. Instead of sporting coaches, we're getting the inside track from the titans of finance. We'll look at the form guide, the track record, and the tactical plays of our major players. Know the story behind the numbers. Go beyond the ordinary, prepare your game plan for the next trade. Let's get ready to rumble. Today we're talking about the rise and rise of the retail investor. The pandemic has fueled a surge in retail investment. That's investors like you and me participating in stocks all over the world. Before the pandemic, the volume of retail traders was anywhere between 5 to 10%. Now we have estimates of between 15 to 25%, a big cohort of the market. To help me explain the rise of the retail army and how these amateur traders are transforming markets, I am joined by the CEO of the Sydney Stock Exchange, Michael Goh. Michael, welcome. And before I really get to know more about what you do, the Sydney Stock Exchange has been around for a little while now. Can you tell us about how you got into the industry and just a little bit about the Sydney Stock Exchange? Yeah, thanks, Dan. Um, look, uh, and thank you for this opportunity. It's a, it's a great subject. Look, the Sydney Stock Exchange has been around for a while. In fact, I joined about two and a half years ago to revitalise the exchange to make it an important part of the Australian market. We are a tier one stock exchange. We have a very similar licence to the Australian Stock Exchange. The only difference being, uh, and we can IPO very, very large organisations, just as the ASX does, but our focus is on the SME segment and, and driving growth uh, to help the economy and those companies to fulfil their their uh, growth ambitions. So, you know, we are targeting ESG, tech, mining and resources, uh, real estate and others, but fundamentally, you know, we are looking at, at trying to drive growth in what we believe is a really important part of the market, and that's the SME growth. And uh, hence, uh, very, very topical uh, when it comes to the investor market itself. Just on that, you said roll your sleeves up, you know, like get involved, you know, to really try the market, dip a toe in is what we I think we tend to use these days, isn't it? And so this rush of retail trading, now I say this respectfully to both of us, but we have been around a little while now. Um, what do you make of this retail rush, like the individuals, this fear of missing out um, that, that's coming into the market? It's an interesting one because if you look at it in isolation with COVID, so, you know, we, we say that uh, there's a, a new band of, of investors that have come in, um, there's a never-ending growth in the property market. It makes it difficult for, for people to invest in that in that market. Can't afford a, a deposit, so you've got cash that you want to use. Um, how do, how can you grow that that money? How can you invest it wisely? You know, you hear a bit about the stock market uh, as well as other opportunities. You know, if you're out there, you might go for the crypto market. But, but fundamentally, what I'm happy about is the fact that we're seeing young investors pivoting to the stock market. You know, it's a, it's, it's a great demographic uh, looking for new ways to earn income uh, with their broader sources of information, including social media. You know, they're far smarter than I ever was at, the, at that age, or let me say more sophisticated. And importantly, mate, they, they are more curious 
about the stock market and how they can improve themselves. It's something that we're seeing at the moment. And you know, we can talk about what drives the growth, which could be fear or FOMO. But don't forget, we have seen these, these kinds of, of uh, growth spurts uh, in a number of eras, including you know, the 80s and the 90s through different sets of investors coming in. You know, but, but what we're seeing now is a difference in the technology and the, the sources of information. So just on the technology, like we're seeing this proliferation of trading platforms, IC markets, for example, um, it's just one that's making it easier for the novice to trade. And also, I suppose the one question I've probably got for you, the availability of information seems to be far greater than it was, let's say, even 10 years ago. There is a proliferation of, of uh, fantastic digital trading platforms, such as the one you've spoken about, and, and we really appreciate that. There are others that have come into the market that are, are also um, easy to sign on to, easy to access, they're very, very cheap. For the larger brokers, um, it's an unfortunate race to zero in terms of brokerage, which which isn't great. But but for the, uh, the young investors, it's fantastic. The only problem is, as you say, with regards to news sources and the like, what's real and, and what's uh, appropriate to their needs. Right? Suitability is, is an issue. So, so just on that, like this, there does, appear to be some sort of herd mentality in terms of what people like to buy. Now, I suppose I have a question for you more on trends. So what are you seeing in terms of like in, in your experience, people that they tend to be buying these stocks such as Afterpay, Zip, and uh, Tesla and Apple via, you know, ETFs, for example. Is that the way forward at the moment since tech it seems to be a real driver of uh, investor interest at the moment? Yeah, what you see is a, there's almost like a beachhead. So um, you'll see one stock that is classified as a fintech. Um, or a payments firm. You talk about Afterpay and the like, and, and you know I, I will try and avoid um, talking about specific companies, but it's well well documented. You know the, the rise and rise of Afterpay and and the association with Square Up, which is fantastic. You know, good luck to them. Um, but what happens is there's a usually a beachhead. You know Tesla, Apple, etc. And suddenly that becomes the theme. And what they say is, oh, I may have missed that one, but what's the next one? And there's this this following band by sector. You know it, it could be a good thing. Um, providing you know, people are aware of, of the news around what they're trying to, to buy as the next big thing. So in terms of the next big thing, like I know, for example, at the New York Stock Exchange, the trading volumes in January of 2021 were up 92% on the year prior. During a pandemic, my initial view would have been that the stock market would have taken a bath, yet the complete opposite has happened. Has that surprised you? And in, I suppose in your role with the Sydney Stock Exchange, have you seen some similar spikes in this uh, interest in in the market? Yeah, well, look, um, initially everyone braced and, and you, you you would have heard it on the news, you know, your normal TV news channels expecting uh, dives in the market and, and major issues. But I suppose um, what happens is you've got the major funds who are still out there. So the, the markets aren't carried by necessarily um, uh, individuals. Um, We've seen that growth. However, it's, you know, they may be, you know, this young band may be a small percentage of the overall market and growing. You know, we are seeing them being held up by those, those broader institutions, you know, people with a bit of cash. I suppose if for those under pressure, that they're just staying out of the market anyway and probably weren't, uh, weren't that invested. But um, yeah, from, from an interest perspective, from individual investors, uh, we are a growth organisation. So our uh, growth is pretty high. You could say, you could use the numbers and say how yeah, the fastest growing uh, exchange anywhere. However, uh, the reality is, is that yes, we, you know, we are seeing growth, 
New York Stock Exchange uh, doing wonderful things there and, and they are seeing that growth. You know, we've seen over 200 years that every time there's a, a pandemic or a problem in the market, soon after that finishes, the market might pop 15 to 20%. Yeah, I can remember like when the New York, uh, particularly the Black Monday, if I'm getting my history right in 1987, that was, I was still at school, but I remember that was just such a shock. And uh, yet again, there was a huge buy up after that, that, that said event. And so, Here's really, I suppose, a way into it though. People love to get in, the technology's there. A lot of news is written about it, but you said over 200 years, you really do need a great understanding of history and reading some books about what's happened in history does help, uh, work as a helpful guide uh, to the future, does it not? It does indeed. You know, again, this is all part of um, understanding the market in which you play. So if you choose to invest in the in the stock market, it's wise to do a little bit of research and background and understand what you're you're getting into. There are it's it's like horse racing. There's always a guy who wins, right? There's always the guy who who salvages the win with the last race on the day. However, what was the overall day like, or, or you know what's his track record? So so it's good to understand what the broader implications of the market are and performance. Again, and and talking to the right people. So you know I'm sure we, we will um, talk about that shortly. Well, it, we will talk about that because you, you talked about the horse race and it really is the big play, you know, in terms of, you know, wanting to make money because obviously that's what people want to do. But the research component, and I really do want to touch on that, having basic understanding of what drives stocks, what drives growth, like a, a buy now pay later sector has a different driver altogether from a mining company, for example, which is driven really by the crucible of price and being able to deliver that for the lowest cost possible. So the question then begs is how important is the good research for these retail investors who are coming into the market and are there particular things you do in the morning as a habit to uh, when you start trading? My trading uh, capabilities uh, are limited just through the, the role that I perform. I'm bound by um, certain regulatory constraints in any event. However, it's important but to- But you, you do need to be across what drives the markets, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And and that's, that's the important message here is you have to understand what's going on in that particular segment, uh, as you say, uh, and reading the news, being very careful about determining what is rumor. You know, if you go into a chat room, a Reddit uh, or, or whatever, and someone telling you, um, because remember, Human nature is people want to believe. They want to believe the fact that something is positive and they always gravitate towards the positive. Um, so someone told me that, uh, and I'll give you a classic example of that in a second, but 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 it is very, very important to, to take a look and have a look at uh, the performance of that company. What are they really doing? Who's running it? You don't know. And and we think that uh, this phenomena is, is recent, but if you look at what goes on, for example, in Asia and in the Asian markets where you know, I get a lot of questions from old aunties and they say to me, what do you think about stock code XYZ? And I go, well, um, I don't know that stock code. I don't know who they are. What do you know about them? And they say, well, my friend told me that they've made a lot of money uh, on this stock over the past three months. And, and I go, do you know what they do? No. Okay, why do you want to do it? Because this person has told me. and. And so I think that's been around for a long time in, in uh, you know, you go to Hong Kong and that's the case. So it's it's very, very speculative and, and even worse than horse racing. So again, you know, we are seeing a little bit of that with regards to these forums. So the news source is extremely important, you know, validating it from even uh, your broker. So if you've got a, a licensed broker or platform and, and you know that they are, 
real and that, and that they're giving you the right information. You know, the, the research papers that they provide uh, can be really, really helpful. Um, so, you know, ultimately it's your responsibility uh, what you do, win, lose or draw. But, uh, but yeah, so I would say uh, read widely and, uh, and validate the, uh, the sources. So just with that, so you've got this big pool now of retail investors coming in, they're taking up a bigger share of the market. So you know, obviously on the flip side of that, like who benefits? Obviously the Sydney Stock Exchange, I dare say, would, would have a material gain if there's more people coming in to, to the market. But uh, who else benefits when you have this big surge of retail investment? You could say that, look, everyone has the opportunity to win, right? The companies, because they're being, they're being supported, uh, the investors because there's an opportunity to win and the brokers because they're getting uh, their fees. Uh, stock exchanges, of course, because, you know, uh, you get more liquidity. Liquidity begets liquidity, same as the brokers. Uh, and and we, therefore, we get more uh, companies wishing to IPO or even direct list in our case um, because they, they want to gravitate to somewhere that, that uh, is seen as uh, the right place for them. Importantly, though, for, for us, and, you know, we want to keep it rather positive, but with a tale of caution, it's the economy that wins, right? What, what we're trying to do is to support the economy. You know, why, why not? It, it benefits everyone. So, you know, we're lucky in Australia, we've got a stable, well-governed um, financial market, and, and really importantly, though, a stable political system, regardless of your, your political um, persuasion. So that's something that I push when I, when I talk to um, uh, counterparts uh, in other parts of the world, some in developed and some in emerging markets, you know, they know that you know, we're very, very lucky because of our um, governed financial market, stable political system and our economy. So, um, so that's, the, that's the important bit. Now, I, I think you know, there's an opportunity for everyone to win um, uh, in, in this situation. It's not like punting uh, at the horses. No, and uh, like with that though, you know, you start to get to into the realm of, you know, you had the friend who said, oh, I made all this money off the, off the whisper. But again, you know, I, I do know what you said about, you know, do the research because that does mitigate your risk. So like, this is a part of the podcast now, like which I, you know, we talk about having epic wins and fails. And so since we're talking about retail investors, I mean, do you have any examples of epic wins or fails you can talk about? And I think maybe the Reddit uh, channel is obviously the one that lends itself to a fail if uh, people have uh, poured into a, a hot tip. Oh yeah, look, and, and these have been around for years. Um, you look at um, what the boiler rooms of the of the uh, 80s, 70s, 80s, 80s, right? But there's also the, the, the train stock companies in the UK when they put the railways in. Correct, it, yeah, yeah. There were... Yeah, there were people listing what was it rail rail lines that didn't exist. Correct. And getting huge IPOs. Yeah. So. Yeah, and 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 so if we look at it through the years, and and I, I can talk about it, I suppose, because I've been around for for a long time. And I didn't say anything, uh, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but it's a fact. So you had, as I say to you, those boiler rooms that are, that were creating pump um, situations, and and um, yeah, we all watched the movies. We've got um, the internet chat rooms of the 90s, which were there. And, you know, funnily enough, um, you know, we're now seeing the same thing only. The Reddit chat, uh, rooms, we've got some of the other social media channels that, that where there's suddenly there, we've got messiahs of investing who were a real estate agent, you know, nothing wrong with being a real estate agent, of course, or a mechanic, for example, 
um, only a few months before that have suddenly appeared as as, as uh, investment gurus. Right? So, you know, we see it in other um, sectors as well. But uh, what I'm what I'm concerned about is is the, um, the securities market, and uh, and 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 this is um, one of the failings. What about the wins, though? Surely, like we've seen this surge of like. And you made the comment before about the economy. It really is a, like a representation of the economy. Like some of these companies that have arrived in the last 10 years, for example, the stories are extraordinary, aren't they? Oh, they are, they are. And, and they're even more extraordinary in the, in the unlisted market. Um, but, you know, it, it all flows and, and you do look at it. Uh, you look at um, the fact that there is FOMO, some in legitimate sources, uh, um, some about the promise of but, but as we've seen recently, and there's been a classic tech stock that we, you know, there's been a lot of positive vibe about them, but unfortunately that wasn't that wasn't true. But the positive aspect to that, unfortunately, um, we, we have seen people lose. However, the positive is that we are in a well-governed market, and once it's uncovered, it's dealt with. Um, you know, I won't comment on the speed of it or the, the way in which it's 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 done uh, uh, by the regulators, but but we're lucky in that we do have a, a pretty strong regulator that, that will act. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that um, uh, it's a, uh, a part of the market that needs to be uh, controlled. Now, Michael, as uh, we start to get to the, the wrap-up phase, what are your words of wisdom for people who, who see this thing called the stock market? They see the neon lights, they see Times Square, What's your 100 words of wisdom for people looking to perhaps make that first step uh, into the investing world? What, what, what would you say to them? Yeah, the stock market is a great way to invest. It can be rewarding and it can be fun. Um, you know, it's really interesting. Be aware that like any investment, it has risks, okay? If you're not sure, ask a licensed broker or someone who's licensed such as an advisor. Stay clear of room mills um, and advice from your well-intentioned taxi driver right, uh, which, which can be the case. Look for a reputable licensed and value for money trading platform. There are trading platforms that present as licensed, but, but they're not. And if you don't understand what a company does um, or what it is, uh, it could be wise to stay clear of investing in that stock. I think it was Warren Buffett who said that, wasn't it? The great oracle who said, invest in what you understand, so. Correct, yeah. <laughs> And on that note, Michael Go, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure having your company here on I See Your Trade. Thanks, Dan. It's, it's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you to our guest, Michael Goh, for being part of the podcast. I hope you've learned something about the Retail Investment Army. It's been a pleasure having your company. I'm Dan Petrie, and I'll join you next time.